Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Speaking Human. Today on Speaking Human, we switch on Nintendo's new console to determine if its moniker is a winner. Then we power down with our picks for worst tech product names. Fire up your Wii U, because we're about to play the name game. Speaking Human. Welcome to Speaking Human, where we simplify the world of marketing for humans. I'm Shad Conley, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Patrick Jever. How's it going, Patrick? It's going pretty good. I would say probably better than the pre-release reviews of the Switch, but we'll get into that later. Nintendo Switch burn, coming out hot. Yeah, how about you? Everything going good? Anything yeah, new? you know. Haven't played my gaming console that I can take with me anywhere I go or play at home yet, but hoping not to in the future. Oh, double burn. Nintendo. <laughs> For no reason. Why are you picking on the Switch? It's the topic of the show, and we come out like punching it. Doesn't make any sense. No, it's not very nice of us. We'll back off. Sorry, Nintendo. On the last episode, we kicked off our conversation about company names by talking about movie titles. And this episode, everyone, we're gonna we decided to kick off our conversation about product names by talking about music. So the question is this Shad, what's an example of a great band name and an example of a great album name? It's a great question and a tough question that had me combing through my iTunes library to try to find the answer. And I don't know if I found the answer, but I found an answer. For band name, the first one that came to my mind, because I have an experience surrounding it, was Wolf Mother. The band Wolf Mother is one of the few artists slash albums I bought based on name alone. I think I saw this like in a Best Buy and I saw like the album cover and I saw the name Wolf Mother and I was like, this has just got to be amazing. And I bought it based on that. So that's why it sticks out in my mind based on that experience. Do you like the name Wolf Mother? Oh, I love that one. I actually really love that band. I think you're the one that introduced me to them, but I wish I would have thought of that. What did you think of? What did you come up with the band name? You know, there are so many great band names. It's almost impossible to choose. It's it actually might be impossible. But, but, (laughs) if I were to pluck one out of thin air, it might be doable. For example, uh, I like The Killers. That is a good one. That is actually, I think, a great name that I'm surprised wasn't used earlier. Maybe it was. You just never heard of the band, The Other Killers. Well, you know, it, it had to come in time, right? You know, you couldn't have done The Killers in the 50s. It would have never made it. You know, people would have been like, oh, that's, that's so dark. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a good one, though. It's a simple one, and I like... I tend to like band names with a the in the title, too. Those are kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this question, since this is a great conversation piece, because I do get this a lot, and I couldn't find a definitive answer online. Is it the Red Hot Chili Peppers, or is it Red Hot Chili Peppers? 
Now, that's a good question that I don't necessarily know the answer to, though I have a bunch of their albums. I always just go with Red Hot Chili Peppers, you know, because it seems like an unnecessary the there, but... But you like songs with, or you like bands with the in the title, so why wouldn't you just automatically put it in there? Well, well, let me say this. I like the in the title... Probably with something shorter. Red Hot Chili Peppers, it's so long as it is to add the the on top of it. It's just a lot of work for the tongue. Yeah. So Kind of like The Weeknd. Out on that for the... Yeah. Two words you can have. You can be like The Roots, The Rolling Stones, The Strokes, The White Stripes. You can go up to two words. Beyond that, you just can't have the the. Yeah. That's my hard rule that I just made up. <laughs> so what about an album name? What do you think about that? This, this one was tougher. This one, I thought it was harder to find like a great blow you away album name. What I came up with for that one, again, combing through the iTunes was the album title for Explosions in the Sky, an instrumental band. They've done movie work and stuff like that. And the name of their album that I picked out was The Earth is Not a Cold Dead Place, Ah. which I thought was just a great title that really fits with the music they make. And their song titles, too, like First Breath After a Coma. <laughs> wow, so, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I like that. It was just really fitting, and it's poetic and literate-type title. I thought it was a good one. Long form, obviously. Good work music. Yeah, no, I like that a lot. Album names, I feel like, are just as hard to pinpoint one because there's so many great ones. I feel like <laughs> it's a million times worse picking a name in the music world, maybe more so than the it movie It is world. harder. It's much harder than it was when we did it with movies. Yeah, if I was going to pick one, I probably would pick Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. That's a good title with good alliteration in there. But it's, yeah, it's tough with album titles, man. It's tough to name an album and having an album appropriately fit with a band at that point in their career, what they're trying to do with the album. Another one I thought of was, going back to the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Title that just rolls off the tongue that incorporates four key elements of life. Yes, and it has the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. My other band name I was wrestling with in there, uh, something unique, is Alice in Chains. I don't know why it works. It shouldn't work, but it does. I was thinking about the bands that you pick and the albums you pick definitely indicate the era of music you grew up in. Guns N' Roses, Faith No More, Kings of mm. Leon. That's- Vampire Weekend I thought was interesting, even though that's not really from our wow. time period, but I like that one. It kind of is. It's a good one. I actually wish I would have thought of that. That's a good one. But yeah, like I was saying, to get, you know, to find this stuff, I was just looking through my own library. I wasn't going through a list online of like best band names of all time or anything like that. So it's definitely a limited window I was working with there. Yeah, I tried to pick from my own library too, just because there's a billion out there. And if you can't even pick from your own library, (laughs) you got problems. It's a tough task. It's not as easy as you think it would be. You know, if you're thinking about it, what do you think makes a great band name? Is there a formula to it, or is it just all kind of random? Well, you know, we've always had this fun inside the office joke where we say something funny, and we're like, I would make a great band name. Mm-hmm. But I always say a great band name is one where you can hear someone announcing it just before the band comes on stage. Ladies and gentlemen! That's what we've always used as the litmus test. You know, if you can say it and it sounds good being announced to a stadium, Mm -hmm. it's a good band name. Mm -hmm. If you hear it and you're like, nah, you know, that's how you know it doesn't work. I think there is a little more to it. And, you know, the ones I like set the tone for what the band is, what kind of sound they're going to have and what kind of band they're going to be. And then you're like, oh, that just fits. Yeah, like Rage Against the Machine. It's a great example. You know what you're getting there. It's got rage in the title, man. Yeah. 
I, I was reading an article from Spin that broke down how they judge great band names, and I thought it was a pretty sound criteria. They said, perfectly and succinctly embodies the spirit of a band sound or era, which is basically what you just said, right? You get a sense of what the band mm-hmm. is about. They also said, graphically or typographically, it's appealing. So if the letters look cool on a piece of notebook paper, they said it'll definitely be amazing on a t-shirt or tattooed on your forehead, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it's smart. And clever wordplay. They said there's a fine line there, obviously. And then um, it creates an image in your head. Yeah, no. That's actually a really good list that is comprehensive, you know. Covers what makes a good band name on multiple levels there. And I think also applies to what we're talking about with product names here today. That's true. That's true. So do you feel like there's a strategy to it? Or do you think product names, it's just luck? You know, kind of the same thing when you're looking at those different elements in those checkboxes. You want it to be something definitive that sets the tone for what you're getting. And you want it to have that good ring to it. You want it to be catchy. And I think that's where it relates back to that list and a lot of those things they were talking about. Does it look good in print? Does it roll off the tongue? You know, can you see people just throwing it around in conversation without it being awkward? You know, there's no kind of foolproof formula for doing this. Yeah. There's plenty of companies and products that have been successful. We talked about this on last episode. There's a lot of company names that are iconic now that they just threw out there on a lark that don't really mean much. Mm -hmm. And it's the same with product names. It doesn't mean it can't be successful, but if you want to put yourself more in the position to be successful, I always think it's good to think it through a little more, you know, take it to that next level. You got a better chance at having a great name than just an average name. Put thought into it. What? What do you mean? Yeah, that's crazy. Just slap a name on it, throw it in a box, and sell it, man. It'll sell itself. You know, I bet you that's been said many times before. I'm sure it has. All right, let's move on from music here and step into the realm of video games. In a minute, we'll plug into Nintendo's latest gaming system to tell you if the product's name will help it score more sales. But first, a quick word from our sponsor. Today's episode of Speaking Human is sponsored by Monsters Unlimited, the only creative agency that you won't want to switch from once you use them. When you need an agency that can adapt and evolve to your customers' needs like the gaming platform in today's episode, choose one with a business brain. That's right, humans. We're talking about Monsters Unlimited. Visit thinkmonsters.com for more information. audio clip from Nintendo's Super Bowl commercial for their latest console, which they hope will sell more like the Wii and less like the Wii U. The console has a unique function for the game system and a name that reflects it, the Nintendo Switch. Whoa, just blows me away. The Nintendo Switch. So the name makes sense with the Nintendo Switch when you know the unique selling point you were talking about, which you can play it at home, like a regular system, or 
Wait for it, Patrick. You can pull a piece out of it and take it with you and play it anywhere. Crazy, right? It's a little crazy. Are you on board with it, personally? I think it's a really good idea. It just might be a little late. What do you mean by late? Why do you think it's too late? You just think the point to like jump on board of on board of this would have been before mobile gaming like exploded? You know, like there was a time when I think it would have done really well, but now you know you've got smartphones which take up a good deal of the mobile gaming market. You know, people are comfortable they have one thing that they carry around and it's more casual gaming when you're on the go. Yeah, and it makes sense. I think the concept here is solid. I think it's good. You know, you look around and you're like, well, people are gaming in two ways, right? They're gaming at home on these consoles, and then they're gaming on the go on their smartphones or other devices. Why not merge the two? You know, there's nothing else like that. There's nothing else. There's no other system that offers you both. But the rub there, and I think that's what you touched on, is are these two parts that makes this new whole, are either one of those parts going to be better than the other things that already do those things, right? Yeah. Yeah. Along with you're getting both, okay, but are those both better than the others out there? You know, that's what's unclear at this point. Or maybe it's becoming clear. I don't know. But, yeah, you know, when you actually were talking about it, it kind of triggers the thought in my mind. They could have just made it like, here's the gaming system, and then it somehow also connects with your smartphone and lets you play games on there. Now, see, to me, like, that's one of the things that, you know, everybody's been dying for Nintendo to do, which is release some of their properties, you know, the games themselves on mobile devices, you know, in the app stores, because that's where people want to play it, right? They want to play it on their mobile devices that they already have, that they're comfortable with, that they already have with them when they're traveling, when they're going about their daily lives. And I feel like at this point, you know, carrying around another device may be a little difficult to get people to do, especially even younger kids, you know, or teenagers or tweens. They have their own phones, but they're all going to have to fight over this one little tablet that they take with them. That's the part that I feel like I have a hard time with. It's interesting. It's an interesting thing because it is novel and there's nothing else like it. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure it'll sell good at first, but, you know, what's the longevity with this and how will this system hold on or go even like six months or a year down the road? Is it going to be obsolete? I don't know. I don't know. There's still a lot of questions around the Switch, including the questions of its name, Patrick. (laughs) What do you think of the name? Is this a good, so for like a video game console, the Nintendo Switch, is that a good name? I think it's a good name. Here's what the name does well. It describes what the platform is trying to do. You know, it's trying to be a hybrid between the TV and the portable, right? Hence the switch, because you switch between your home TV and mobile just like that. Presto! Right? And then it also clearly differentiates itself from the other Nintendo game systems, as well as the competitors like PlayStation and the Xbox. More memorable, I think, than like what they've had in the past, 3D, the 3DS, the DS, or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think the name by far is probably one of the best names. The only other one that I thought even came close was the GameCube. I like GameCube, too. I think it's a good futuristic name. Yeah, so so to me, like, this is probably the next best thing. They went away from having to put game in the name of it, which I liked. (laughs) Game Boy, Game Boy Advance. So, yeah, I, I do like the name in general. Yeah, I think I'm a little more lukewarm on it. I think it's okay. Mm -hmm. It hits on, obviously, the main feature. You know, it's right there. The switch, you you can switch back and forth. It's almost so obvious it's boring, right? And that's kind of the problem with it. It's a little generic and boring for a gaming system. 
you know, it doesn't sound like anything revolutionary or anything. It's just like, it doesn't have that pop to me. I think I'd like it to have, even though it does, it hits on that key unique selling point right up front but would you have felt better if they would have named it like really weird like most people do instead of switch like w-h-i-c-h so like which one should i use use the switch uh no (laughs) i don't i don't know if we'll hit on this later or not but i one of my pet peeves i hate when quote unquote clever spellings of you know product names they try to do that you know, like instead of an S using a Z, oh, yeah. <laughs> that just doesn't work for me. Yeah, I hate that too. <laughs> so no, in answer to your question, that wouldn't have uh, made it any better for me. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you. I think it's, I like it. I mean, I think it's fine. I don't have any hatred for this one though. Um, no, I mean, yeah. Either. So what's your favorite? What's your, what do you think's the best gaming system name? Easily say the PlayStation. Okay. I think it perfectly embodies what a gaming system is. You know what I mean? And I'm and I'm sure that every other game system developer has been jealous of that name since the beginning of time, you know, wishing they thought of it first. Yeah, I'm not sure I think it's that great. I, it is what it is. It's a PlayStation, right? It's a place where you it's go. It's a station you where you play. Yeah. I mean it's it's so obvious and easy. I think it's that's why it's the best one that's there. I mean, it's way better than to me, Xbox. See, I like Xbox better. You do? I was thinking of my favorites. I was probably like Xbox, Genesis, GameCube. And the reason is they all kind of sound like something futuristic. Mm. They're like simple but powerful. It's like if you had a sci-fi movie, this would be the thing you're trying to get that nobody understands what it is. We got to get the Xbox and deliver it to the rendezvous point. Yeah. So one of the things I liked about the GameCube was that it was actually a cube. It looked different than all the other gaming systems out there. But the Xbox, it never really looked cool. Like the, You want it to be boxier. It, it's all aesthetics at that point. Game systems, I mean, they're only as good as the games, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, well, we're talking about names, which is a simplified thing. It's, it's always going to be more important, the product itself and what it actually does. Yeah, because it's only as good as the games you can play on it. So if developers create games that are unique and exclusive to that system, like Nintendo, that people can't live without, then... It could be a game changer. Otherwise, it's a game switcher. I see what you did there. Um, <laughs> you know, bottom line, the Nintendo Switch, will it be a success? You want me to be definitive, bottom line? Total bottom line. Okay. Don't get me wrong. I think fans of Nintendo will be there ready to buy it. As a matter of fact, they might be buying it right now. And I think that will make it kind of successful, but I'm not sure about true success. You know, the mobile world, I think, just is so saturated. I, I just don't know. I, I like where their heads are with the Switch, but I think it may be a little late, like I said before. And mobile devices like smartphones and that world is just so developed now. I just, I just, I think it will be yeah. kind of successful, but... I think I pretty much agree. I, I think it'll be a success initially. It'll sell well. I, just, I don't think the longevity's there, at least not this, you know, version. Maybe they'll come out with different iterations, but it's hard to picture this being a successful gaming system five years down the road. Do you think if they come up with a second iteration of this, they should call it the Switcheroo? Yes, absolutely. Kind of, and that'll be a hit. And it, it's kind of like the Wii U, but it'll actually be successful, unlike the Wii U. Or maybe it's like, you know, another Switch. Another Switch. Switch again. So many opportunities. Yeah, the Switcher. Ooh, good jingle right there. Yeah. The Switcher. Ding. It's a little precursor to the next podcast. A little sneak preview for you there. So we touched on what makes a good product name. Now let's take a trip to the dark side, Patrick. Let's dive into some examples of terrible tech product names. 
So Patrick, product names in the tech space that are terrible. There's a lot of them. More than you would think. Yeah, there's so many. Honestly, you have an infinite pool of bad tech names to choose from, for sure. Yeah, something about that space, I don't know, just breeds some terrible product names. Let's just dive right in, Patrick. What's your first one you got? There's one that stuck out to me that I'm just like, what? Pretty much anything that tries to be clever with the already beaten to death iProduct naming convention is a loser, for me anyway. There's one called I'm Watch. I, apostrophe oh, okay. M, watch. I'm a watch. It's just, ugh, really? Come on. That's a bad one. I thought you were going to go with I Muffs. Oh, I have that on my list too, uh, but it's sort of like in the <laughs> same vein as the, I, I had to pick one because I could pick both. They're yeah, 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 yeah. It's not officially on my list either, but it's like the the unofficial fourth there. Mm-hmm. And my note was, yeah, do not. I, I mean, stop with the eye in front of the product, right? Yeah. We'll tell you right now, people, kill the eyes. It's the only way to go. So my first one, beyond eye muffs, which you know, unofficial, <laughs> is actually two because you know I like to cheat at these things. <laughs> one I mention all the time I know I've mentioned on a past show and tied with another one that's similar so it's quickster and friendster uh, yeah what's the lesson here do not put stir on the end of your product name right yeah quickster for those who don't know was supposed to be what Netflix was spinning off the mail side of their service they were going to call it quickster and friendster was an early social network went down by the wayside once Facebook dominated they're both just really, you put stir on the end of a name and it just sounds pretty stupid. Yeah, I agree. You know, I thought about that one and I took it off my list just because there were so many other horrible ones that I just, it almost wasn't quite horrible enough for it you. It wasn't horrible enough. Like there were actually some other ones I was like, oh God, that's, oh, that's so way worse than that one. It just always makes me think of that Rob Schneider Saturday Night Live skit where he's like, making copies, the, the quickster. <laughs> So on my list of things to not do is to make it so that it's different letters, like we were talking about, the Z mm-hmm. in place of an S and, and whatever. And so this one was on my list. It's the Sony Curiosity, but it's Q-R-I-O-C-I-T-Y. <laughs> and I keep saying Q-Riosity. Curio- anyway, it's a movie and music streaming service that they had launched, and then they changed it to Music Unlimited. It's so funny, though, the way a big brand will use something like that and not think, you know, maybe it's not a good idea to go to with a completely unpronounceable name. Yeah, it's... Uh, sometimes I think they're very technical and they're thinking about the functional aspect of it, but they don't necessarily think about the creative side of it. I think sometimes that's where it falls short. They need to have somebody else from the outside looking in going, yeah, that's not a good name, or here's some good names that could define that. It's one of those like shocking, you know, head scratching names that you're like, somebody thought it was really clever and it's just completely awful. Yeah. <laughs> so my next one I had on the list may not be the worst and it's not the weirdest or the stupidest, but it's just just doesn't work for me. <laughs> that is 
D-Box. It's the simulators they use in movies where they make the seats move and tilt and shake and vibrate. Yeah. Creating a 4D experience. I guess that's where the name comes from, D-Box, 4D. Yeah. I just think it sounds like a torture device or something, which I guess some people think it is. You know, like, go sit in the D-Box. No, I don't want to. Um, it reminds me a lot of when you call somebody a D-Bag. That yeah. is not a good thing. Yeah, there's thing. that connotation, too. Yeah. Go sit in the D-Box with the other D-Bags. <laughs> <laughs> don't be such a D-Box. So it's, yeah, exactly. It's one of those names you, like, throw around and people say it, and I'm like, ah. Just makes me angry when I hear it. So never a good thing. And, you know, with what that does, they could have come up with something so much better. Anyway. Yeah. So my last one out of the three, I thought was it was really bad. I can't even believe it. I almost feel like it should be the worst product name. This one by Trek Store. Did you see that one? I don't know. Okay. So first of all, it was called the iBeat. The second part of the name was Blacks. B-L-A-X-X. <laughs> So it was the Trek store, I I beat blacks. (laughs) No, they apologized at some point after it launched for the misunderstanding and renamed the product just the blacks, (laughs) B-L-A-X-X. Oh, God. How do you miss that? How do you miss it, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you would miss something that stupid. It's idiocracy. It's not even being aware enough to know it's a mistake, right? And it's... You wonder how that can happen, but that kind of stuff happens all the time. I mean, you find tons of product names like that. Yeah. Maybe not that bad, but like that, you know? Yeah, well, a lot of times it's because of translation. They don't get it, you know, like the other language that it translates into. They just didn't know, and so it's a little bit of ignorance there. But So the last thing on my list, which really that one should have covered it, there's one that I wanted to definitely touch on, and it was... Samsung had a phone that was like one of those slider phones when it was out, and the name was basically the smiley face emoticon. That was the name. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I saw that. And, you know, for obvious reasons, not easy for people to say, you know, not (laughs) easy for people to even understand that that's the name. It's an emoticon. And so that one was on my list is sort of, you know, I cheated a little bit like you did on your first one. Yeah, nothing wrong with cheating, <laughs> fudging it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So it's basically like the prince, you know, when prince became that symbol. Ah, exactly like that. Cell phones. Exactly. They probably thought they were really ahead of their time, though, and they were like, yes, people are going to love it. The millennials, it's an emoji, man. Yeah. Well, they were ahead of their time, for sure. Yeah. So far ahead that they ended up being behind. It crashed and burned. <laughs> so my last one I had on my list is Chumby. Say it again with me, people. Chumby. Chumby. It's tough to beat your last one, which might be the worst ever, hands down, but Chumby's pretty bad, weird name. For those who don't remember, this was a little beanbag-like thing that connected to the internet and had a bunch of widgets, like a clock. You could get weather photos. You know, before everything was internet-connected and and cool, there was Chumby. (laughs) So it's tough to know what they were going for here. Is it your chubby chum? I don't know. But it's one of those names you're like, you'd be embarrassed to tell people. You got one for Christmas. What'd you get for Christmas? I got a chumby. What? <laughs> they thought it was going to be uh, <laughs> cute and lovable, like Gumby. It's yeah. Chumby. Don't you love your chumby? <laughs> I love my chumby. <laughs> just totally didn't work. And I think it ends up being just one of those obscure, strange footnotes where it's just like, what the heck is a chumby? <laughs> Did you just get a chumby? Or are you happy to see me? <laughs> Uh, that, that would have been a great commercial for it, actually. So a lot of bad names there, a lot of bad names. You had a really good list there. 
altogether. A lot of terribleness. You could go on forever with it, too. Yeah, th- that's just uh, the tip of the iceberg. Although, I'm pretty sure that Trek Store I Beat Black's MP3 player is probably the worst I think I've ever... And I didn't even know about it until I was doing research. I was like, that is definitively the worst name ever for a product. Like, how you could not yeah, see... Yeah, that, I mean, by far takes the cake. It's almost like what you said. That can't be real. It's too crazy. So, yeah, a lot of great, terrible material today. And on that note... Let's jump into our top takeaways. So what can we learn from all of this, my fellow humans? Here it is. Don't be afraid to ask. Ask others before finalizing something as important as a product name or a brand name or your child's name. Isn't that right? Hashtag Jameson. Whatever you're naming, sometimes it's helpful gaining some perspective outside of your own. Just like anything else in life, when you get another set of eyes on something, it's amazing what you can see that might have eluded you otherwise. This is a great idea, especially if you plan on marketing your product internationally. There are a lot of names that don't translate well into other languages, like we talked about earlier. Or the meaning you chose in another language is just not ideal. Of course, perspectives are like opinions, and you know what they say about opinions, so be careful not to get wrapped up in the minutia of it all, letting others drive your decisions, that can also be disastrous. Strike a balance. Don't be afraid to ask. Good stuff. I think that's good stuff. My takeaway, you know, as usual, pairs nicely with it. So my final takeaway is don't isolate your product name from the real world. By that I mean think about how it'll sound when people say the name of your product in real world situations. The name shouldn't dominate or distract when people are talking about the products. For example, insert your product name into a conversation between friends. Hey bro, I got these awesome eye muffs yesterday. You got what, dude? Or imagine an individual in their 20s or 30s telling their parents about it. I got this really cool new thing called a chumby, mom. You got a chubby? No, a chumby. What does this chutney do? It's one thing for people to have to adjust and adapt to a unique moniker. That can pay off over time. Take Google and Twitter, for example. But it's another thing entirely when your product name just makes things weird and confusing in actual usage. Don't forget about everyday conversations. Create a product name that can smoothly slide into them. A name that works with language rather than against it. And that's my final takeaway, Patrick. Well, those are, I think, both good takeaways, and they work well together, you know, obviously. Sometimes it's hard to see the error. That's why I think those pair nicely together. You have to put them in the situation, and then you also want to ask other people, you know, does this situation seem off to you? Yeah, I think the overlying theme there on both of ours is step outside your bubble. I think where a lot of these problematic names come from is corporations where it's all just done inside and nobody ever thinks outside those walls, like how people will use that name or perceive that name. Yeah, I agree. If you're developing a product name, these are definitely some things to consider. So uh, that's it for today's episode. You can find current and past episodes of the podcast on speakinghuman.com. You can also find the podcast on iTunes where you can be a good human and leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Hit us up on Twitter and let us know your thoughts on today's show at speaking underscore human on Twitter. That's at speaking underscore human on Twitter. 
We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Speaking Human. Catch you then, humans. Speaking Human. So my takeaway is... My God, she's so... Be quiet, okay? She's the, cu- <laughs> she's the cutest. I know, she's just hanging out, making her little... Uh, can, you, can you be quiet for a minute? All right. Dad's got to give his top takeaway. <laughs> That's so funny. So there might be some child sound effects here. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.